Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today, we have Kate Van Horn with us. She is a psychic, intuitive healer, and professional tarot reader. She is the author of The Inner Tarot. Kate offers one-on-one readings, workshops, and intuitive trainings to clients worldwide. As a trauma survivor, Kate credits her psychic abilities to her healing journey. She candidly shares her story overcoming sexual abuse, PTSD, and eating disorders in the hope of inspiring others to radically accept their stories, their bodies, and their gifts. Kate's been featured in Well and Good, Prevention, Mind Body Green, and many other publications in the health and wellness space. And we are so excited to talk to Kate today. We found out about you when we lived in LA, and I believe yeah. you you were there too. Yes, and, and I'm back that. actually now. Oh, you are back? Yes. Oh, nice. How does it feel to be back? It feels good. It feels good. I feel like um, when I first moved to LA, I didn't feel super grounded in who I was and it's a strange city to be in when you're you're discovering and then when I left I moved to Seattle for a bit which was really healing and powerful and now returning back I feel just more in sync with myself I guess really nice yeah. I know it was kind of hard for me to leave LA because I felt like this city in itself was such an identity piece for me totally and I'm like but wait who am I you know it kind of like consumed me a little bit yeah, especially yeah. in the health and wellness world when everyone's trying to heal and 100 it's a very interesting wow. place and I think big cities in general like even energetically they just hold so much that it, it can it can be a lot so yeah but I'm back and it, yes that's how we originally connected and I feel like we've all changed and evolved so much over the years it's awesome yeah I love like the time right now mm-hmm. where everyone's flourishing and they're like in their lane doing their thing Yes, very much in their lane. Yes, I love it. So at Girl Powerful, we always like to talk about, like, I know you said you had, you know, you overcame sexual abuse and PTSD, where, and an eating disorder. So where did you find that confidence Mm -hmm. to kind of move through it instead of just staying in like the darkness and the sadness? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, have to credit, um, my family for recognizing that I needed help and support and my friends and and family at the time who saw me in darker and lower times and and chapters. And um, although I use tarot and spiritual work and psychic work now, it began with just good old fashioned therapy. You know, I was in pretty um, intense different outpatient programs and really moving through like EMDR and more to fully, you know, tap into kind of the depth of my trauma and the the inner child work that I needed to do. But that said, those settings, although incredibly important to my healing, were also very um, intimidating. And there were parts of me when I would come home after like group therapy or sessions with my therapist, where I just wanted a way to tune in with myself. And then that's where like yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and eventually tarot became a part of how I supplemented that healing as well. So I always like to mention that it's not like I pulled a deck of cards out and healed PTSD. It's still something I identify with and and work with every single day. And I manage, um, 
my energy in order to be mindful of my sensitivities. But there's definitely this link, right, between trauma and then intuition. So over the years of slowly feeling more comfortable with my story, I started tuning into my psychic abilities. And I guess, you know, it's the gift of the trauma that I had to heal. But um, yeah, it was it was a journey for sure. And it started not as pretty or Instagrammable. For sure. <laughs> well, your Instagram now is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but 22 year old Kate was in a much different state. And and I'm also very fortunate that, like I said, I, I kind of identified that something was going on and needed to be healed pretty early. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, like even privilege in that, in the, in the chance to do some of that work early on before having as many responsibilities or things on my plate. It was, it was a really selfish time for me and um, I'm just grateful for it. Yeah. It's like, that's okay though. Right. Like maybe when we're in the thick of it, maybe your friends thought, oh, you know, she's not here. She's not coming to dinner or whatever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's okay because look at what you, you pulled out from the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So can you give us tips? How do you really tune into your intuition? Yeah. So I always say that our intuition is really just, it's our regular human senses, but the more subtle version. So our clear audience just whispers to us more faintly than our common everyday thoughts that are always going in our, in our minds um, versus our clairvoyance. You know, that's really the same as our imagination. If you can close your eyes and daydream, you can absolutely tap into that. So for me, I like to start with play and inner child work and imagination and creativity. I think those are much more accessible ways to start tuning into your psychic gifts. But in general, it's like finding things that light you up. For me, it was the tarot deck. I was like fascinated by it and I was really excited to explore it. And it was easy for me to integrate into my day-to-day. And our intuition is a muscle. So the more we strengthen it, the more we practice it, the easier it's going to get. But it's like that very frustrating answer of you just have to trust yourself eventually and learning to practice and, and being open to the idea of being psychic or being really in tune, letting yourself identify as that is a start. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We all have our intuition. It's like, are we blocking it or are we actually allowing ourselves to listen to it? Totally. I'm really big into guided meditation and visualizations. And I remember years ago when we did self-love club in LA, um, a practitioner came and she did this visualization where you go downstairs and you pull your inner child up, you know, and then you rise up to the sky and you see your highest self. But for anyone new to it, like I haven't done much inner work, but I feel like I'm a playful person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I know it, you know, it's like, I, I need to go to therapy and do some more self-work too. But what is like inner child work? Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Inner (laughs) child work to me is obviously connecting with and identifying with a younger version of yourself. But I think all of us, I, I like to consider my inner child like a spirit guide. You know, it's like the purest essence of us. Um, no, no, like, uh, programming or, or like as adults, we just, we grow to learn the way things are supposed to be. And I think that our inner child really holds our soul and holds our essence. And it feels to me, I like to be pretty grounded in myself and in my body. So I use my inner child as like a guiding light and spirit guide rather than, you know, 
always looking up into the ether for those answers because we have them within us. So the inner child can be a companion, a partner in your healing journey because they know kind of the purest version of you and the most authentic version of you. And they're so wise. They're so smart. <laughs> so give them that, give them that voice, you know? For sure. I know you kind of just have to find her again or find yeah. him and reparent them too, you know, without even getting into this conversation of parental wounding or anything like that. Like, sure, you know, everyone had kind of some form of karmic lesson probably with, with one or both parents. But what we don't realize is we can equally use our inner child and our, you know, adult selves, our wise selves to reparent, heal, take care of parts of us that felt maybe unseen or unheard. And, and it's not to play the blame game. It's not to say anyone did it wrong for us growing up. It's more like we get this opportunity. We get this chance to go back and, and work with them, the inner child. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that actually works. I personally use it and I love it because it has quick 10-minute lessons. And I also love that it helps you learn real-life conversation skills. So instead of me on a typical vacation putting in what I want to say into Google and translating and then showing another person my phone, that is just so not okay anymore. So... Using Babbel, it's really easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult to a, to a language app while on vacation. So we have a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription. You heard that right, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash girlpowerful. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash girlpowerful, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash girlpowerful. Rules and restrictions may apply. For sure. Right now I'm in a phase of like, I'm in control mm -hmm. of all my decisions. Like there's no blaming other people. There's no like deflecting onto other people, making them feel, you know, or manipulation or anything. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm in control of everything <laughs> that's going on in my life right now. Absolutely. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing too, is to reconnect with your inner child. And even like I went to a yoga class, I went to a booty class and like, you know, have you done yeah. one of those? Yeah, where you're I have. Shaking and moving and it's so fun <laughs> and it's primal. But it's like, you really have to let go and you just have to like be- Yeah, here. you have to surrender. Yeah. And it, and it takes a while. It takes a minute. Yeah. So I was like, this is amazing because now we live in, Teddy and I live in Boise, Idaho. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't like, we have that here? here. <laughs> yeah. And it was so much fun just to be free. Yeah. It's yeah. like my little Sonia would love. Totally. And I think, I think that's something in my work. And when I'm working with clients is I let things be simple sometimes, you know, like shaking around and, and moving your body. And it's, it can do a ton of, of work. It can do a ton for us. It can release and, and move a lot. And I think that I've been playing with this idea of like, how much do I need to identify what I'm releasing versus just letting my body let go of it and letting that be enough and letting mm -hmm. it be freeing. 
Um, I'm so glad you had that experience and that Boise has that going on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm like the queen poster child of endorphins make you happy after a workout. (laughs) Every time I work out, I'm like, okay, everyone, stay steady, complete. I feel amazing. It works. works. Like anyone on their healing journey, if you're feeling down, I know winter time can be so rough Mm -hmm. for people. It's like, try to move your body. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, be grateful, get out there, move it. You'll feel a million times better. Absolutely. Move your body, get some sun, (laughs) (laughs) drink water, sleep. (laughs) Yeah. So I know you do tarot and intuitive readings and you also do a lot about harmony in your home. Yes. So I was wondering if you could give examples like on either topic of what, like examples of what are things that take from you rather Mm -hmm. than give to you? Because I know you're big on like decluttering. Yeah. And like not having junk around. And I think for me, it's like, I hold on to things. So when I, in 2020 left LA, my apartment was so full. I'd lived there for 10 years. See, that's, that's a part of it too. I do recognize so much of what I've let go of is because I've moved so many times. Mm-hmm. I've moved like 18 times in my life. So, which that's a whole other subconscious thing going on, right? Like the, the consistent moving and that's something I had to heal too. But, um, to to your point, the home stuff and like the sacred space that I've been talking about is fairly new as far as what I've been sharing online. But that um, kind of intention has run through me for a long time. My mom, I was raised by a single mother. I'm an only child. And she just had a knack for making our home feel really special, even when there were chapters when we were, I don't want to say struggling, but like not as um, comfortable as we wanted to be. And, and especially during those times when my parents divorced. And I think like looking back, she had such a way of making the smallest details feel really special. And that was really comforting in a time that wasn't comforting for us. And I think our home at this point, I realize it's an extension of our own aura. So if you walk into your home, you should feel yourself there. You should feel who you are. And to that point too, getting rid of things that no longer align with who you want to be moving forward. And every item holds a vibration just like we do. So if the vibration reminds you of hard times or, or difficult, you know, chapters or stories, it's best to let go. And I know that's hard because we also want to honor those times, but the more it accumulates, the more it's kind of energetically blocking us essentially is, is my belief. And I've seen that like when I'm really feeling frustrated with maybe where things are going or the speed or um, just how, how the energy is flowing in my life or what I want to call in, I get rid of a few bags of stuff and I'm like, whoa, I feel like a new person. And it's, it's really remarkable. And I think what I like about it and what I like about going this direction with my work is that it's, it's simple it's accessible. It's free. Like I'm telling you less, not more, you know, and that feels kind of nice too to go that direction. Yeah, that's so true. I just did a clo- closet purge and mm-hmm. I felt like a million dollars afterwards. Yeah. Everything and was it- coded. I saged, I did it all. And now yeah. I miss any of it. I don't even know what I gave away, you know? Yeah, you forget what you gave away. I know that's what's wild. And for me too, like having my eating disorder background, my body has changed throughout the years and and weight has fluctuated and all of that. And I was remembering how I would have these genes that I was still holding on to, hoping I'd fit in again. And I'm like, this is crazy. 
this is so, you know, I'm, I'm promoting through my work, this idea of just accepting who we are in the present and I'm carrying something that might never fit me again, physically right. or emotionally. And that's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need more self-awareness to like mm -hmm. realize that it's, but I was just thinking when you were talking about like things and they hold energy and I have this photo of my grandparents' house and Aww. it's like, they're, I, they're just my like guardian angels and I love them so much, but there's also like, was a lot of darkness in that house, not mm -hmm. really related to me, but like, like losing sons and, you know, death yeah. and like kind of darkness yeah. And it's like, I love this, like this sketch it's right here in my, in my room, but I was like, do I, do I need this? Because I remember all the loving parts of being in that house and summers with my cousins and, you yeah. know, all I'm so glad you bring up. this up. I'm really glad you bring this up because I actually had a conversation with one of my friends. So I recently studied feng shui, got certified. I wouldn't say that I, I work in a way with my clients. That's very traditional feng shui, but it, it's, um, inspired by, you know, the principles are there. And I think, and what I've learned from my own teacher was that anything you just absolutely adore and love, even if it's not the best energetically, it's okay. So for mm -hmm. example, I have um, like a piece of art in my home that it features, you know, kind of like a, like the woman's wearing this mask and from a feng shui principle, like that is really not the best, like to have masks or anything that's meant to scare off energy. But when I look at it, it feels powerful. It feels profound. It feels like it reminds me of so many things that I've overcome that it's okay. So to your point of, of the beautiful sketch, it's like, yes, it's complicated just like we are as humans and it holds a little bit of shadow and light, but because you love it so much and you care for it, that belonging is like completely okay. Okay, good. Thanks, yeah. for, giving, <laughs> thanks yeah. for giving that permission. I feel like that's a good tool too, is like, how does it feel to you? Yeah. Versus like, what was it to other people? Totally. Because if we just follow a bunch of rules of what we're supposed to have and what we don't, and that's just, you know, it's boring too. The whole point of this is it's supposed to feel fun. So yeah. I think bringing your personality into, I kind of work through this like four steps with myself in my own home and I'm starting to work with clients on it. It's like, investigate why do I have these things or why do I have certain choices in my home? What is it that, what was the root behind that decision to decorate that way, to keep these things kind of get into the layers that are a little deeper and then start to declutter and mm -hmm. then start to set intention and invite new energy in and then start to like color your life and your worlds with your personality in your decor and in your home, have it feel like you. I love that. I'm a big believer of like not having everything white. I'm like, why yes. is it white and beige? Everything. Like I know it's pretty, yeah. but it's also not me. Totally. I'm going to like follow the trends of like, just because I am a meditation teacher, I'm going to have everything be so bland and calm and not exciting. Totally. And, and things like, and this is where it's so funny how trends can like get such a hold on us, like the clean girl aesthetic, you know, what the hell is that? Like, um, is it doesn't matter. And I think one of the things that was really interesting, my fiance is an architect. And when we first moved in together, he's like, you better start using some color in our home. Like I can't do this all white. And then I learned in the feng shui studies I've done that it's actually really imbalanced. 
Like we need the yin and yang, the shadow and light. So we need contrast. We need dark colors and light colors. And it makes us feel more peaceful because we're getting an energetic balance that exists in everything, in our homes and nature, in seasons, like there is both. Um, so yeah, it's, it's finally been time for me to graduate from the all white everything. <laughs> We were in that generation though of like LA girls all mm-hmm. like everything. But what a power couple, an architect and then oh, an yeah. leader with harmony in the home. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I'm praying that we eventually do something together, but when the timing's right. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get into a little bit about tarot. I want to know like what called you to it, like the energy of the cards, just mm-hmm. a little background about your love for tarot. Yeah. So the cards, I mean, there's 78 cards in the tarot system and they really show our life cycle and all of the, you know, hardships and celebrations, the moments, the milestones, it's really our human experience in a deck. So although it's a tool for divination and a, and a tool that's often associated with like psychic work or spiritual work, it's pretty embodied. And I think that's what I appreciated about it was it felt relatively grounded and realistic when I first started reading cards, I was really blown away by the fact that there were some heavier energies. I felt like we weren't like spiritually bypassing the hard times or the hard days. I was just able to acknowledge it and reflect on it with a new conversation. So whenever I'm teaching the cards, I let people know to use them as a form of self-reflection, a way to advocate for yourself, make choices for yourself, inspire yourself. And they are just so much fun because every day you're getting a new detail in the imagery, you're finding something new about it. Um, So yeah, that's what inspired me to study them, teach them, and now write my book, The Inner Tarot. Um, So the book itself teaches the cards, but it also provides practices for every single one, multiple practices to like live your tarot and really immerse yourself in the energy. Um, So yeah, I just, I love them. I appreciate them. They were also kind of my first stepping stone into psychic work because again, it felt like something relatable and easy and it really anchored me to then explore deeper parts of my psychic connection. What made you think like, I want to share this with people, like starting as a passion and loving it versus doing readings for people? Totally. I think it was, it's funny because like during the chapter, when I found tarot, I was trying to do everything to support myself physically and in my faith, um, like yoga, like meditation, all these different practices. And I would show up for them. Right. But I would have to like, be so mindful of like setting a reminder on my phone and, and really being like intentional about doing those things. But with tarot, I just like found myself really gravitating towards the deck without even second thought. Like it was just becoming muscle memory and easy. And I think that was my first sign like, oh, you appreciate and value many practices, but this one is just effortless. And that's like the flow state that I think we have to kind of tap into in order to find a gift that we're meant to share with others. So that was the first inkling and the first idea. Um, And then I started kind of just like, hustling readings to all my friends and family. I was like kind of pushing it a little too much, but I just was dying to share it and see. I'm always fascinated by other people's like reactions to the cards. I was enjoying watching that. Um, 
so it just became a thing where I couldn't like help myself. I just really wanted to read for people. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but I've had days where I've like literally cried about how much I love the tarot deck. So it's, it's my thing and <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, you're in flow. Yes. You're it's, it's to show that when you find something that really just strikes a chord with you to just honor it and go with it and see where it takes you. That's so beautiful. And I do believe that everyone has a gift. Mm -hmm. So even I can relate when I do guided meditations, I mm -hmm. like, I write my meditation. And then when I practice and I do it at the event or with a client, my eyes are closed and it's just downloaded in, in me, you know, and it's just mm -hmm. coming from my heart. And so I, I totally get that. I love cards. So one time I was going through a really hard time and I was like herniating all these discs in my back. Like mm -hmm. I probably didn't leave my bedroom. Like it was the most depressing time in my life. And I would pull cards and it, the cards knew like one of them, I can't remember exactly, but it was one of the swords. And it was like, the guy was on the bed with swords in his back. Yep. Nine it was a physical re representation of how I felt like with the bed and the swords in my back with the pain. I was like, this is crazy. I know. But I know you can also like, honor that card and you can also like reject cards can't you totally you can say like oh this is staring me in the face and I don't want it to yeah I'm gonna make a change I'm gonna redirect the energy we are not a victim to I, I tell people all the time I'm like it's still pieces of paper it's all they are but they're showing you something they're setting off alarms in your own body of like I want change I'm ready for something different I deserve more you know like and, and how crazy, although it doesn't surprise me that you had that like very clear physical representation in the art itself. Like it found you, it acknowledged your reality in that moment. And you equally got to respond and say enough, like, I want to feel better than this. And I, I fully agree. I love that you said you can reject cards because you can. Yeah. It's a really interesting way to go about it. Like you said, it's kind of like a mirror looking at you and you can kind of mm -hmm. perceive it how you want to, even though they're speaking to you because mm -hmm. is there like different categories of like love or relationships or, you know, mm -hmm. it, like a card encompasses a lot. It's it not like one thing for everybody. No, no, there's so, I mean, endless ways to, and it's also, and I think what's so fun about tarot and for this reason, it never gets stale, you know, it's the card combinations too, and how they're speaking to each other. If you pull more than one and it's like, it can keep going. It's so layered. Um, but you know, to your, to your point about feeling that like mirror being reflected, I tell my clients often a reading shouldn't shock you. You shouldn't be like, Oh really? Like, that's crazy. That's going to happen. No. That's not a good reading, in my opinion. It's It should feel really comforting, really validating, and just feel like confirmation of what you know. Um, and maybe that's a little less exciting than the crazy, you know, readings that that tell you what you never imagined could be true. But if it's not landing in your body comfortably, that's usually a sign. That's a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get a new reader. <laughs> that's what I'm subtly trying to say. <laughs> That's amazing. I know you have a client, but two more questions. Yeah, no, please. I can go for a couple minutes. Okay. So um, with that line of work and even with meditation and yoga, depending on where you are geographically or who you're around, people can call it witchy or, yeah. you know, like they don't understand like being spiritual and like the healing world. And I feel like women in general 
this is a stereotype, but it's true, <laughs> are more like prone to healing. And a lot of like masculine energies are like, oh no, like, you know, astrology, tarot, whatever. What is your response to that when someone tell, like says something to you? I always say too, like, if you don't feel safe or comfortable, then of course, like it's not for you right now. It's, there are many um, practices and modalities and spirituality that are not my medicine and tarot doesn't have to be yours. But for me, it feels anything but scary and just respecting that for someone. Um, I also like to briefly get into the history. You know, the cards stem from, it, it, they began in the 15th century. They were originally for aristocratic, you know, white, rich Italian men who wanted a playing card game. And slowly and subtly, women kind of took it over and it became something that uh, looked and felt very different. But people used to commission these like personalized decks by artists, and then they would like write stories with the decks and play games with the decks. And it was, it was truly just meant to be playful. And then over time, it took on kind of that darker undertone, which I actually appreciate and love about it. It started to tap into like the mystique and the the subconscious and the shadow side, which I think is what made it more powerful and more healing as a practice, but equally scared some people away for a variety of reasons, understandably. And my response is always like, it doesn't have to be for you. And that's okay. I find so much like healing and and support through these cards and that's really all that matters. And and I think when someone is like sort of interested, but not sure where their comfort level is with it, I just tell them to take it really slow because that in between that gray space of I'm intrigued, but I'm not sure is also okay to be kind of half in, half out. And and knowing yourself and listening to your body's cues of when enough is enough and tapping out if you need to, that's okay as well. So just advocating for what makes you feel safe. I love that. I had no idea that card decks originated in Italy, but yeah, it makes sense. It does. Yeah. There's they so were just, history there. There's a ton of history and it was beautiful and it still is. I think, I think the art, like even if you don't love or subscribe to like kind of the psychic element or the, um, the divination side, the fortune telling, you know, stigma of it, looking at the system and looking at the kind of intricacies of it and how much detail and thought goes into some of these original decks, that at the very least is something I think we can all kind of just respect. Like we used to bring so much thought into these systems and it's no coincidence, right? There's like numerology represented, astrology is, is tied into each of the cards. You know, there's a lot of overlap to a lot of different systems that have a pretty long history of thought. So you know, just like religion or anything else, science, like we can respect the fact that there's been intention behind it. For sure. I'm a card deck junkie. Same. (laughs) All of it, the moon deck, the astrology deck. And I just love if even, so have you been to Tulum? Not yet. You need to go. I know. I know. I feel like I just need to go before it gets even more, you know, yeah, even more LA. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I live in but, Tulum. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you basically do. <laughs> but um, it's so cool. Like one of these like hotels called Holistica is like really yeah. healing and they have this mosaic building that's just for sound baths and it has like mirrors and murals. It's just so beautiful. And when I went, I did a, I had a sound bath and the man had, he was an indigenous man with his wife. 
and he probably had 50 instruments and cards and it sounded like you were in the jungle because you are <laughs> but it was like a panther was running after you there's a thunderstorm Incredible. but I just had the most amazing experience there so I immediately went to the gift shop and I bought their card deck cool <laughs> very cool create your reality Exactly. That sounds amazing. First of all, that experience sounds amazing, but you also bring up a point that's so fun. Buy decks when you're traveling, mm. when you're in different cities, like I'll check out like the metaphysical store somewhere that I, you know, if I'm exploring a new place because it holds the energy of that land, that place, that time. And it's a fun way to kind of remember um, certain places you've been and the experiences you've had. I mean, I was, it was really profound for me because I went for sound healing training but I mean, the Mayans lived there. It's like, they were one of the smartest civilizations in the world. Yeah. And, but it's like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so what happened to them? Yeah. But that's just like deep, deep in like in the ancestry there. And like, I don't know, I just love Mexico and I just rave about it. But my point is whatever card you have or card deck, it's like you, you pull a card and it's going to resonate in some way into mm -hmm. your life letting go, creating space, like, mm -hmm. you know, who's your highest self live that version of you, all of this stuff that comes out. It's like, it's just to like a reminder, I feel like. Totally. And you get to choose too. Like, oh, this is the part of me that represents this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be told to you. You can, you can self-define and it's just offering you the, I hate to use the term label, but kind of, you know, here it is. This is what you can now name for yourself and yeah. acknowledge for yourself. I love that. I feel like this whole conversation is like, you have permission to live your mission and self-define whatever you want your life to be. Exactly. It's <laughs> powerful. Yes. It's easier said than done, but hey, we do our best. We show up every day and that's the routine of it. Like we just keep, keep doing what we can in the small layers that we can. And eventually it grows into like a bigger, a bigger all encompassing, you know, feeling and, and actualization. But looking back at like, you know, to kind of take us full circle to this conversation in those times when I was like going to treatment for my eating disorder, struggling with the PTSD, feeling incredibly overwhelmed by anxieties, depression. It was those little glimmers of hope of like, okay, there's a card that's telling me it's going to be okay. Like I needed that, you know, and that's okay that I needed that. And it was helpful. And over time it kept getting slightly easier. That's beautiful. All right. So we have one last question, which we ask all of our guests. It's what makes you feel the most alive? Mm, what a fun question. What makes me feel? Laughter. Yeah. I think it's just like the best feeling in the world. Like I, whenever you get that belly laugh, you're like, oh, I could stay in this forever. And I think that is feeling alive and feeling that joy, but still so like, it's not enlightenment. It's just joy, you know, and it's something we are are meant to be feeling often. So I think those moments make me feel really alive. That's beautiful. No one's ever said laughter. Really? Oh, really? After years. <laughs> I love that. And that's so true. A good belly laugh is the best. The best. It's the best. Yeah. And then for all of our listeners, let ask or let them know where they can find you and then where they can order your book. Absolutely. So you can find me at katevanhorn.com or my book has a website, theinnertarot.com. Um, it's available wherever books are sold. So Barnes and Noble, Bookshop, which uh, is actually a site to support the indie, more local bookstores in your area, um, Amazon, so on. It's called The Inner Tarot. And you can find me on Instagram at Kate Van Horn. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm going to introduce you to my friend, Chelsea. Yes, she, please. Boisine has a bookstore, so you have to be in Oh, there. that would be amazing. Yes, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Everybody go give her a follow and buy her book. Yes, well, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.